Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Andrea. We are bringing you the Real Moms Real Life Podcast, your guide to self-empowerment and taking on each day as your best self. This is episode number 56. Today, Andrea and I are talking about bedtime routines. Let us know if there are any topics you would like to hear. Don't forget, all of the resources on this podcast are meant for information purposes only and not to be confused for medical advice or treatment. Happy New Year, Andrea. Happy New Year, Beth. And to Obviously, everyone, yeah, everyone's just everyone else happy to be like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the new year for us, bright and early for me too. So yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with you doing it at 7:30 on the, you know January 1st. It's pretty. Let's good. be real. I didn't stay up last night. Yeah. <laughs> Although I was up because the fireworks went off and they woke me up, but. Yeah, I actually, yeah, so it was kind of amazing. Both my kids were down before 8 o'clock last night, and I was down before 10. But then, yes, there were fire, there were fireworks at, like, 9.45 that were literally, I think, a field next to us. That's, so, yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's <laughs> standard, right? Yeah, we're, like, kind of out, not in the country, but so when you drive out, if you just kind of, like, put you down here, it kind of seems like you're out in the country where we are, and people set off fireworks like crazy. We're unincorporated. There's no rules or regulations. So like people go ape shit. And luckily it's not nearly as bad as like 4th of July when it's just being set off like for, I don't know, 48 hours straight. But Remy did not wake up at all. Adam snored through it. It always wakes me up. I I can't. (laughs) Yeah, fortunately, it typically would wake me up. It didn't wake the kids up. And I was like just about to fall asleep so it just postponed mm. it and it wasn't long it wasn't like a professional display or anything that was half an hour long so nice yeah but no they recently changed the rules here in Pennsylvania it used to be that you couldn't buy fireworks in Pennsylvania uh but I think now you're allowed to I don't know I'm I don't have interest in purchasing them mm-hmm. but <laughs> like people used to drive out of state to buy fireworks to then like mm-hmm. bring them back in but I'm pretty sure they took those rules away so you know, the things that there are rules for. Right. Safety. <laughs> yes. Good thing. So, uh, yeah, I am started. I wanted to say, because I know we're talking, you know, we'll talk about New Year stuff next week, but I did start my photo a day today. So as the first, so hopefully by the time you guys are listening, there will be 21 photos of things that make me happy. Nice. So, Good for you. Forward. That's awesome. So anything else new for you? Not really. Um, nothing. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know. It doesn't feel like Christmas just happened. It doesn't feel like the new year just happened. I don't know. I'm still like getting into that. Ah, parenthood. (laughs) Yeah. That's probably it. (laughs) I do. I feel like Christmas is a little bit like bigger of a deal. Well, Remy's still young, but I feel like for us, Christmas is a little bit more of a de- big deal than it used to be because our daughter, our older daughter is old enough to get it. But then the rest of the holidays, it's like trying to show her traditions, but also like we were talking about like my husband and I don't drink and we had a friend over and we're like, should we get champagne for this one friend? But no, she's going to have to drive home with her two kids. Like that's ridiculous. And do we want to get like sparkling cider? My husband's like, well, do we want to, like, have our kids pretend drink at New Year's? So we started, like, looking up where the tradition of champagne at New Year's came in. And it was just like, why Why is this Why is this a New Year's thing? <laughs> so anyways, that was, that was life. 
Yeah, we had like half a glass each each of champagne, and that was it. It's <laughs> like, all right, I'm good. That's enough. <laughs> you just have some like little mimosas for the next few days, and exactly. then finish the bottle. There you go. It's not like <laughs> wine that you can make like a, like meal with it afterwards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just buy like not that expensive stuff, so I don't so, feel bad if I throw it out. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah. Anyways. All right. So. Today, we are going to talk about bedtime routines. Andrea took notes for this one, and our, and I'm pretty excited because um, I feel like that's an area that I could work on, and I'm sure I will share our bedtime routine stuff, but I am excited to hear what Andrea has to say about on the topic. All right. <laughs> I said I took short notes. <laughs> really, I... There were just a few points that I wanted to highlight, and obviously, Remy is almost 21 months old right now. So we are still, you know, ahead of the terrible twos and whatever when, when toddlers can start and like, he doesn't talk. So we have that advantage working for us. But I, when I was kind of planning his bedtime routine and, and thinking about it, I honestly did a lot of it based on problems that I saw other people having I think I've mentioned this before that like whenever I'm in like mom groups it's like I just like look I'm like what are the issues that are like six months a year from now that I could try to like curtail ahead of time and again a lot of it actually has worked but I mean we're still young so we'll see but you know one of the big things that I was seeing were these really really long elaborate bedtime routines like people talking about taking it two three hours for their child to wind down um, you know having it at least take an hour to get their kid in bed. And I was like, I am not doing that. Like, not that I'm not doing that, but it's like, I don't want, I want to try to avoid that because that sounds kind of miserable. It just sounds like it really, really limits your day, obviously. And I think it's something that even if you are listening and you're in that like two to three hour type of thing of like it taking for your toddler to wind down, I think it's absolutely still possible to shift things. So, but I can't speak to that in particular. I don't know if Beth has changed her, so maybe she can, she's not in yet. So she can speak to that piece. So we have just literally from when he was maybe four or five months old is when I started being like, all right, this is like how I want things to like run. And there's really no reason it needs to change much between now and like when he's a toddler. Um, So the number one thing is consistency. I think for kids, that routine Learning a pattern, learning what to predict is so important. You just have to think like literally everything in their world is new. (laughs) Like from the time they're babies and even when they're toddlers, like everything they're experiencing is new. Even if they've seen things before, they're learning like new things they can do. So their world is just constantly changing and shifting on them, even if they're in the same environment because they're just like, whoa, now this thing can, now I'm realizing I can spin this cup. I don't know. You know, they're just constantly learning. So I think having some type of consistency is so important. So that was my number one thing. And so we tried to be like, okay, what is something that we can just have a consistent routine with? Um, The number two thing I was, is I wanted it to be short. Like I was like, I wanna keep this as minimum as possible, like 15 minutes. I don't want anything other extra fluff included in our routine. Um, One of the other things was I wanted it 
even though I want it consistent, I wanted to be, it to be flexible. Like if we were out to dinner, I don't want to be like, oh my God, we have to leave this second so we can get home by, you know, 6.45 because this exact thing has to happen. Like, no, I don't do that. I don't do well with that. Like I'm talking about consistent time windows. Like, all right, as long as we're like, you know, sort of in bed by this time or like, let's get started around this time and, but you know, have some fl flexibility to it, but just the routine itself is predictable. Um, and with those time windows comes buffer room. So always almost starting a little bit early. So that way, you know, if, if there's a little bit of a meltdown in there, if there is some, you know, resistance to going to bed, we just have some buffer room built in and I don't have that like extra anxiety of like, Oh my God, it's getting like so late. Um, and then the last thing, which is one that we are sort of starting to do, but it's going to come once he's more verbal is including your kid on their routine when they're able. So allowing them to make choices to like have some negotiation room in there and I'll speak to that on how we're doing that with Remy right now since he does not talk. Um, and I'll speak to that, like how we plan on it in a little bit. So I want to talk a little bit more about a few of those points, but any questions or comments now, Beth, at all? No, I think that's like clear and concise to be, you know, be consistent, short, flexible, and predictable, and then include the child in the routine. So I wrote all those kind of those things down I think that there are there are all things that have worked for us in the past and and they've just needed to be adapted so I'd love to hear what you're doing with Remy and I can talk about what I've done and I'm doing with my two littles yeah so when he was a baby I picked one book that I was like okay hopefully this book is not gonna drive me nuts and I was like I want to read this every night and so the book I picked for anyone who cares is Everywhere Babies. I freaking love that book. Like I never, I still have not gotten sick of that book. We haven't read it every day, but like I've read that book a lot. And so it just has a really cute rhyme. It's cute pictures. It's diverse. I don't know. I love it. So it does not have to be that book by any means, but I would pick one book that it's like, this is the last book you read before you're putting them down. And so that way it's like, okay, this is our bedtime book. Um, and then we can like our little routine is basically it starts when we're changing his diaper into his nighttime diaper right now. So it's like, all right, this is when your bedtime routine starts. And so we just change his diaper. We put on his clothes. We read a book or two kind of depending on sometimes three, like how short they are and whatever. Then we go brush his teeth. We bring him back in his room, put his sleep sack on, um, read another book or two, again, just depending on time-wise. And then I'll, I don't even think Adam sings him a song. I sing him a little song. And then he goes to bed. We, depending, I can kind of tell if he's being a little bit fussy or resistant, we'll go around his room and like say goodnight to everything. So we'll be like, goodnight, lamp, you know, goodnight, whatever, closet. And he like waves to everything. It's really cute. And then once he does that, it like calms him down so much more. If he, if I can tell, he's just like not going to go right down. So that'd be like the one maybe little extra thing we've added. And, and then I stick him in. I turn on his little, like, he's got that lamb that makes noise and, and I walk out. <laughs> so the routine when it's going well, like literally takes 15 minutes, 20 minutes. If we're reading an extra book or something like that, um, I can do it a whole lot shorter too, if I need to. So if it's like, all right, we're like, we were out, we're out to dinner and it's late. It's like, 
one book gets read and we kind of skip the other extra steps. It's like we just brush his teeth and whatnot and we can literally have him down in like under 10 minutes. Um, so we have very purposely like try not to include other things in the bedtime routine. So when he was a baby and we were kind of doing a little bit of like infant massage and things like that, I tried to keep it separate from the routine. So it wasn't like every day. Sometimes it was more around nap time. Sometimes it was just at another diaper change. Like it just, it wasn't ever, I don't know, intentionally part of it. Same thing with bath time. Like we, one, we don't take a bath every day, but I don't want that to become part of the routine because bath time, it, I like bath time to be playtime because it keeps him entertained for a while. So especially if he's like getting fussy before bed or something like that, or it's like dinner time and he's just like not having it, but it's like too early to put him down. Like we just get in the bath. So if I want to spend 45 minutes in the bath, I want to spend 45 minutes in the bath and I don't want it to be like, Oh, sorry, kid. Like you got to get out. Um, so a lot of the things do mesh together. Like, it's, it's my intention that makes it separate from the bedtime routine. You know, someone like just looking in from the outside might think on a given day our bath is part of the bedtime routine. But it's really, I, I will verbally separate them. Like after we get out of the bath, after we're all dried off, it's like, okay, now let's get ready for bed. You know, it's just like, okay, this is bedtime. We turn off his big lights. We have a night light that has an orange light in it. So that way it's dim. So it's like that goes on. So it's kind of like that's the signal for like, this is now the bedtime part of your routine. Um, so that's really how I've kept it short. It does not mean that some nights like, yeah, we, we just are taking longer to go to bed. But I like verbally say something like this is separate. Like if, if it's maybe I start getting him ready a little earlier and I just realize it's early and he's just not going to go down and he's like running out of his room and stuff. I'm like, OK, should we play a little bit more before getting ready for bed? You know, I just make it this very separate thing. Um, and they can understand, like I was doing that from a pretty early age and he, gets, he gets it. He's not stupid. <laughs> like kids understand. Um, and then yeah, including him on choices. So it's like now I, I, you know, I'll pick out if he's not wanting to pick out books cause normally he'll pick out his books usually, but if he's like delaying it or trying to play with toys, I'll be like, hold out two books. Which one do you want to read? You know, he gets that choice or like, okay, do you want to play with his toy a little longer or do you want to read a book right now or do you want to read an extra book and you know if he just keeps playing and ignores me then I take that as he doesn't want to read an extra book and then I stick to that um and then if he there's definitely times where like I kind of I don't know I'll, I, I'm not like super rigid with things like if I say one more book but then if I put him down and he's crying and like not wanting to go down Sometimes I know if I just take him out of the crib and like spend an extra minute reading a book, he'll go right back down. So for me, I'm not going to keep that rigid. Like I said, one more book. So I'll like take him out and be like, you know what? I see that you're not quite ready for bed. Would it help to read one more book? But I try to keep it like short. Like, like I don't try to add any extra, like more than like five minutes to that kind of time. Usually unless something like happened during the day. Um, so it's like for like the negotiation for kids, it's like when they're including, um, when you're including them in on things and they can talk, it's like, as long as it's a reasonable request, like granted, like they, it's their bedtime. I don't know. I think they can be part of the decisions as long as it's not putting you out. So if he wants one more book and it takes me an extra two minutes to read it and it means he's goes, goes down in peace. Like that's totally worth not him screaming for 30 minutes, you know, like it's like, what's their negotiation and is it reasonable for you? And to me, if it's a reasonable request, then 
I plan on honoring it. I don't know, Beth, what are your thoughts on those things? Or I love all of it. I feel like I have had a similar routine. I have not really started a specific like book routine with, with my baby. She still either takes a bottle or nurses before bed. It's not always does she nurse to sleep, but I like to get that like extra boost of food so she can sleep as long as possible. But, um, with my older one, our, our, you know, (laughs) our ideal routine is snack, brush teeth, read one book, go potty, read a second book, go to bed. That is, that is our ideal world. Uh, I would say I kind of wanted to talk about the things that have kind of gotten in the way of our routine as things have gone on as, you know, that's sort of been, you know, the generally the routine is, it has been, you know, it was, maybe it was nursing was a part of it, but then it switched to being a snack because she's, she's a snacker and she likes that extra bit of food before bed. So that's, it's usually something small, like a little bar or a cheese stick or a squeezy, you know, something like that. But there have been some things that have caused trouble during the way. And one of the things that uh, I found really impacts it is, is sort of the schedule of the day. And we have not really had until this year a reason to wake up at a certain, wake her up at a certain time. So maybe when she was like her first year, we had jobs that needed that. But since we moved here when she was 14, 15 months old, uh, I worked in the afternoons and my husband worked from home. So we had no reason to rush her to daycare at 7 a.m. Or, you know, we could get her there by 9, 9.30, no big deal. So we always just kind of let her sleep as long as she needed to sleep. And some days she would sleep like today. Let's talk about today, right? It's New Year's. She slept until 8.10 this morning and she went to bed at 8 o'clock last night. This kid needed sleep. She almost never sleeps 12 hours. She's usually a pretty solid like 10 to 11 hour kid. I think that you need to figure out how long your child needs to sleep at night by having the ability to put them down at night and seeing what time they wake up naturally. Finding out what time that is and then shifting their bedtime early enough so that when you all need to get up to start your day, that many hours earlier is when you put them down. And I think that, yes, you can have some flexibility and some wiggle room with that, but consistently waking them up at the same time every day is going to help you have a consistent bedtime at night. So that's kind of my first thing. Like if your child wakes up at 7 o'clock one day and 8.30 the next day, they're not going to go to bed at 7 o'clock both of those nights, at least, you know, not necessarily in an ideal world. I will say that in general, you know, once they get those circadian rhythms, if they need a little extra sleep, it won't throw it off too much, but it's something that's really helped us. So the other thing that kind of threw off our routine a little bit was potty training, right? The joy of potty training. I feel like that's almost all that I've talked about on this podcast for the past year, but I feel like we're in a really good place right now. So knock on wood. Um, but there's this kind of switch of, okay, you know, potty training we used to add once we did nighttime, you know, daytime potty training, we added putting a pull-up on at night. So we weren't too worried about her going to, to the bathroom right before bed because we were putting a pull-up on and no big deal. But then as we started to do, okay, we were waking her up in the middle of the night to pee. We wanted to make sure she peed right before bed. 
And that caused a lot of resistance and fight because that was that was of the other things. Like she could choose what book she read. She could choose what snack she read or snack she read, which snack she ate. And but, you know, going to the bathroom, she could pick like, oh, do you want to do it before the book or after the book? But other but it still had to go. So that was a bit of a fight. Um, And it still sometimes is. But that's like the. Nope, you have to go body before you go to bed. That is like the non-negotiable. So that definitely threw us a little bit with our bedtime routine and caused it to extend a little bit longer because there could be a 15-minute fight to go to the bathroom. And it's tough because if she'd gone to the bathroom maybe an hour before, she might not be totally ready to go again, and I respect that, but it was kind of like, you know what? Let's let's bribe you with some, some drinks, sips of water so that you can go to the bathroom again. Um, so that threw us a little bit. And then the other thing that threw us was as she was transitioning out of naps during the day. So she was at school taking a nap. She would take a nap from, you know, one to two hours at school. And she, no matter how hard I tried, would not take a nap at home. So she was only in school three days a week. So the days that she was home were very different than the days she was at school. And the days she was at school, she'd go to bed almost an hour and a half to two hours later. So she might go to bed at 10 o'clock on a school night because she napped for two hours that day, where she'd be tired at 8, 8.30 on a regular night. So that was really difficult for us. I had to remember, okay, my kid needs a certain amount of hours of sleep in a 24-hour period. If she gets it, she's fine, and not to force it, because it was almost like if we forced her to go to bed too early, bedtime routine took a lot longer. So we, our goal right now is bedtime between 8 and 8.30. So we have that wiggle room. My husband sets an alarm for 7 o'clock every night of when we sort of start bedtime. Now that might seem like crazy. Oh my gosh, you're doing an hour and a half of bedtime routine. But it's not all active, like trying to get you to bed. That's the, okay, you know what? Let's get jammies on, pick out a snack while we're finishing up the dishes. So we're almost all getting into that mindset of winding down. We're not watching TV. We're not playing, you know, you know, not playing on the iPad. She might be playing quietly in her room or her playroom, but it's all kind of starting to wind down the quietness of the day. Our goal is to be done, done, done dinner by that point. So we had to shift dinner a little bit earlier as well. Um, because she doesn't always want to eat when we first have dinner. So if we plan dinner for 6 and she doesn't want to eat right away, she doesn't eat till 6.30, that pushes everything back. So we've definitely found that sort of if she hears the alarm, sometimes she's like, no, I'm not ready yet. It's like dreadful. But she knows that she has some time. And she earns more books if she does things that, the required things more quickly and she loves to read so it's a really nice opportunity for her to have a little bit of ownership and say oh you know I got my jammies on and went potty really quickly I get to read four books instead of three books today and I would say that that's been so there have been times where it's like oh six books we're like no we're not gonna read six books especially as they get older the books are not nearly as short um and yeah, but but I would say kind of my, you know, aside from the going to the, the going potty, my one big thing for bedtime routines is pajamas. And I start that from birth. And that's the like one thing I do with the baby is I put her in 
a sleeper, footy, footy pajamas. And my, my sister-in-law, we, we, we razz each other. She's like, why do you put her in real clothes all day? I was like, because that's the one thing that I do to signify bedtime at night is to put her in a sleeper, which is different. And I've also realized and learned that she cannot roll as well in a sleeper that like in just like the footy pajamas or even, even pants, really. She does much better moving when she's just in like a onesie which I sort of knew, but I didn't think about how significant, like literally this morning she was in a sleeper for about an hour, hour and a half. And I put her in real clothes. She didn't roll the entire hour and a half in the sleeper. As soon as I put like a onesie and pants on her, she rolled. So pajamas is, is also my like big separation of daytime and, and, and nighttime. Yeah, we totally always did that too. And not really consciously. I didn't really think about that It's until you said that. I don't even like put on real clothes some days, but like for whatever reason, like I've always put real clothes on him. I mean, once he was kind of past that like newborn like <laughs> stage, but yeah, we always did the footy pajamas too. I feel like, I don't know. There's just something about pajamas. <laughs> I'm with you. Definitely. And my, my kid asked me yesterday, mommy, why are you wearing pants? I was wearing jeans, okay? I, I, I typically wear pants, but it was jeans. She was like, why? She's been wearing pajamas for the past week and a half. She's like, why are you wearing nice. pants? We put on new pajamas at bedtime, though. So Yeah, you know. yeah, I'm with you. I can't, like, wear my daytime clothes to bed. That is, like, a thing for me, too. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry for anyone who does that. <laughs> um, I really like the alarm going off, though, way ahead of time. I think that's a great idea. Um, I think in my head I have something like that, but I don't have, like, a nice signifier. But I think especially if you have a kid who takes – like some kids take longer to wind down and like acknowledging about that about your kid is so important. And again, I think it, that wind down time is kind of separate from your like bedtime routine in your head. I think it just makes it a little easier, but like, yeah, I think if you have a kid who luckily Remy, I mean, we, we don't really have that much stimulus. We don't watch TV and like, I don't know. He just has his house and we don't really have any stimulating toys because I'm pretty sure if he was like stimulated all day, he would take a really long time to wind down. But he, for the most part, doesn't really like he could be like literally like running laps around the kitchen and then like I could stick him in his crib and he'll like go down. So, well, not really. But, you know, it's like we read a book and he's like ready. So so he's like fairly easy from that point. But some kids absolutely are going to take a whole lot longer to like calm themselves down. So I think, yeah, that like conscious, like, all right, now you have like an hour and a half or an hour or whatever your kid needs to like, okay, let's shift into this like more quiet time, maybe dim the lights in your house. Like we have the hue lights that go do it automatically that start dimming. But like, maybe again, we have just an orange light bulb in his lamp. So maybe in their room, they're going in their room and you're just changing out their night light or their bedside lamp to be the orange light. And it's just like this nice signifier for their bodies that, all right, it's time to wind down. Like it's getting closer to nighttime. Like, yeah, I think that's really important to build that stuff in. And I also wanted to add about my bedtime routine is that we also are very lucky that we don't ever have to wake Remy up to get somewhere. So that absolutely makes things a lot easier <laughs> um, because we let him, I mean, it's very rare that we're having to wake him up and, um, so that obviously makes our lives easier because I know not everyone has that luxury. So <laughs> I know that makes things a little more challenging when you don't have that. Um, but yeah. I wanted to add something else. You mentioned it too, sort of if you're kind of noticing that they need a little something extra to go to bed or something like that. For Remy, you say goodnight to everything in the room. 
we will have, and we've had these periods where, you know, at first it was pitch black in the room, but then gradually it was, Hey mom, I'm like, I'm scared of the dark. And you know, you want to say like, honey, there's nothing to be afraid of, but Hey, she's, she is expressing that this is a fear that she has. So we got an orange nightlight and that then, and I have it behind a dresser and then that wasn't enough. And we have this little ladybug that lights stars onto the ceiling. And so we did that. And then, um, that, really helped alleviate like recognize first it's like okay you recognize that this is a fear that I have and you're helping to remedy it and now I'm okay and I think there's a certain point where you need to know your kid of when to give in and when to fight and there's a certain point for in my mind for bedtime so when my child asks for another snack I know that if I say no to that, it's going to be a 20-minute argument, and then I'm going to be so tired by the end of it that I'm probably going to end up giving her a snack anyway, so I might as well just say yes and get it done and get it over with, and I found that a lot of times. I just had this conversation with my husband. I really try not to say no unless I have a really good reason for it, so like we have a hard and fast rule of no chocolate before bed. Like She knows that, and she does, and like she'll ask for like a snack or a treat, even like a dessert after something, and she knows that it can't be chocolate if it's nighttime, so like that's not even an argument, but there's things it's like, hey mom, can I have another snack? Well, if the reason is, well, I want you just to go to bed, but she's hungry or she just feels feels like she needs a little something, you know, a little oral something, an oral stimulation before she goes to bed. Is there really a good reason for me to say no to it? Especially if her snack is something healthy, like stick of cheese, you know, some cheese or, you know, sometimes it's even like a little bit of cereal and I'm okay with that. I mean, sometimes it's Lucky Charms, but hey, real moms. Yeah, no, totally. I think that's such a good point. Again, like we're not at that like age where Remy can can talk, but I I really am already trying to consciously do that now of like, okay, what is bothering you? It's funny you mentioned the night uh, light because we just added one in his room because he just was not, he was just kind of acting weird and it's like I would shut the door and he would kind of like freak out a little bit more and I don't know, he was like doing, he kept pointing to his lamp. So I just put a nightlight in it instead, and then he was, like, fine. Um, so it's like, yeah, that's not – even though I ideally wanted him in dark as long as possible, like, it's not worth a fight. Like, I can't explain – you know what I mean? Like, he can't even tell me his fears right now. So, like, I'm not going to, like, be like, it's fine. <laughs> Deal with it, kid. Um, and, yeah, I, I love what you said about, like, the 20-minute fight, then you're just going to give it anyways. Like, seriously, like, that's so true. I mean, I – totally find that about certain things too and that's why we I will totally take him out of his crib and read an extra book because I'm like this isn't worth it like he's just gonna scream and then I'm gonna t- I'll probably take him out anyways and maybe at that point I wouldn't have read a book but like I'll be trying to put him down for the next hour if I, I don't just like do this one thing and had as long like you were talking about the snack like unless she's asking like hey I want a roast chicken for dinner and it's like you know what I mean like something that you'd have to like take an hour to cook like that's an unreasonable request right or if it's something that like puts you out but if it's a reasonable request like do it like they I don't know I think it teaches them independence it teaches them that they have a say that they have a voice that their like wants and needs matter like all of these things that are really important to teach our kids because um, you know, we were talking about speaking up last week, like how much of that comes from your, you know, parents squelching your requests as kids. I know a lot of mine does like anything I wanted or said, my parents were like, no, you know, it was just an immediate no. And it just teaches you like what you want doesn't freaking matter. Like, 
And that's not a lesson you want to be teaching. So I don't know. It's, you know, if your kid wants you put dinner on the purple plate and they wanted the blue plate and all it takes two seconds to transfer it over, like that's a request I will totally give into. If they want an entirely new dinner, hell no, I'm not giving into that because I'm not making them a new freaking dinner. Like, you know, it's, you're allowed to say like yes and no to certain things. Like I think some people fear that, oh, if I start saying yes to this one thing, it's going to be everything. And it's like, no, not at all. Like they need to learn that some things are a yes and something aren't no. And asking is how they learn that and asking is such an important skill so yeah I like that that's awesome I want to add something that's totally unrelated to bedtime routine so you guys can turn off now if you'd like to but I was so proud of my daughter the other day it was a couple of weeks ago we went to this party and she wore this uh, albeit really adorable red dress with little rosettes on it and she loves this dress and it's she has worn it all holiday season but we go to this party and you know she it's a cookie party right so she gets to eat cookies it's it's a great party and then we leave and she's I said hey how you doing she goes I'm not good I said what are you feeling I'm feeling sad okay so why are you feeling sad and she goes everybody just talked about my dress was when I was there they didn't ask me about me oh and it was like you are four years old and you recognize that you went to this event and nobody asked you about you. All anybody could talk about was how cute you looked in your dress, which, you know, is nice when it's said once, but when we're there for an hour and that's the only thing that somebody says, nobody said, how's school going? Like she's a conversive four-year-old. She can answer any question you ask her, you know? And I was so proud of her for recognizing that and then also being able to express that that was something that bothered her and she has done I think because we empower her to have a say and have choices she says things like you know I don't like that so and so like there was a male person that dropped something off and she ran outside and barefoot and he goes get inside sweetie and she goes I don't like that he called me sweetie and it was like yeah good for you you know so Anyways, I just, I think that's important to empower your kids, especially in bedtime routines. No, totally. Oh my God. That's so amazing. I like want to cry. That's so awesome. Wow. But yeah, I think it's like, just to tack onto that, it's like, what are you trying, like, what values do you want your kid to have? If you want your kid to be able to like say something like that, it means you're going to be having a lot more discussions and negotiations and some things might feel a little harder in the moment because if you're raising an independent child, then like you have to let them be independent. If you want them to just obey what you do and do everything you say, that's fine. That's your choice as a parent. But then like you can't then expect them to have those qualities. So it's like what is more important to you? And knowing that raising an independent child who speaks up for themselves also means having a child who's probably going to fight you on things and have give you more battles and not do everything you say because those are the values you're raising and when you're recognizing in the moment even if they're doing something you don't want them to do that you're kind of getting what you want then like it's kind of awesome and it makes it a little easier to deal with of like okay well this is what I'm trying to raise anyway so <laughs> I will totally deal with their negotiation skills or you know whatever it is so that's so awesome, Beth. I love that so much. Thanks. I think we'll have a, we'll have a topic on independent children coming up, I think. So that's a wrap. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. Next week, we're going to do a New Year's resolution check-in. Follow us on social media for news updates and calls for questions. You can find me, Beth, at Feeds of Real Eats, and Andrea at Dr. Andrea Moore on Instagram and Facebook. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode and write us a review. Show notes for this episode and all podcast-related information can be found at realmomsreallife.com.